I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably be lost for words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost Word Betting Podcast. I have to uh, prefix that one now as we've got two during the week. Uh, Jason joins us this week. Jason, hello. Uh, good uh, evening, Tom. How are you? Good, good afternoon, evening. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, really good. Thank you, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, Bradley Todd, you're with us as well. Bradley, welcome. Good evening, Tom. Notice that I use Bradley twice there rather than Bradley and then Brad. You know, yeah, like, yeah, the consistency. Getting it. Yeah, consistency is my middle name at the moment, but it doesn't actually <laughs> lead to any upside. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, here we are. Look, uh, Hideki Matsuyama won last night after a uh, unbelievable shot. Uh, it has Super to be said. Walker. Absolutely brilliant. The the wholesome content of seeing Nakajima basically acting out be still my beating heart uh, to the camera was absolutely wonderful um, <laughs> clearly someone he admires and it looks like the, the feeling is mutual so that's really nice to see uh, same story as ever with Russell Henley unfortunately I thought he was going to put that to bed being he didn't quite there. choke though did he it wasn't it wasn't a choke <laughs> when, like he, he did when he shoot shoots a 65 like under, under. yeah, yeah. Sh- shoots a 65 when he was already two in front uh, and loses that is pretty rough that's, that's pretty good going for him on a on, Sunday on the flip side of that he doesn't make a single birdie on that back nine at, mm-hmm. at Wileye where he'd made three the day before a birdie and an eagle um, the day before that and also three birdies on the first day so you should be at least making a birdie on the uh, on the par 5 18th and and avoiding so, that player. So, so he, did, he did kind of choke. He did kind of choke a little bit. The only round that he didn't lead last week uh, was the one round that I bet him in the first round as he lost by one shot. So thank you very much, Kevin Nahr. Um Yeah, you know, that is what it is. Russell Henley can go on the shit list for a little while. I do really like him and I hope he gets a win soon. But, he deserves uh, one, doesn't he? He's, he's, he, does, he does deserve a win and, and he's a very good player and great iron player and uh, yeah just just everything about him is really good mm-hmm. two really good events this week in terms of betting heats um abu dhabi we'll start with obviously on the dp world tour it's now at yaz links designed by kyle phillips um jason i'm gonna let you go into our course correlations and where we should be looking at for previous results well where we think we've got to be looking at well obviously. yeah obviously I mean, obviously, local form repeats all the time. We've seen that with loads of players over the last 16 years. Now moves to Lynx. Um, and Carl Phillips, uh, designed Kings Barnes, uh, Hill of the Sumshi, and Bernardus, which um, are used for the uh, Dutch KLM, whatever you want to call it these days, opens. He had a little bit of a say in Valderrama, although obviously the greatest course on the, uh, on the tour doesn't really count towards this week. Um, and then back at the Grove, where the 2016 British Masters he had a hand in and as you always say does it make a difference designers tend to tend to create uh, courses um, around certain elements so you know eye lines and, and features and, and you know certain designs of greens etc etc they tend to repeat the same things all the time so yeah it works it has worked over the last year since we're doing this podcast um, and I don't see why it will this year you know we're back here expecting wind it's coastal. It's obviously quality. I mean, the grass is going to be absolutely outstanding. Um, 
so yeah, you know, local form and anybody with a bit of Link's pedigree, that's who you're expecting to challenge. I, you know, I don't. Yeah, you can look anywhere else, and that's where we go. Generally speaking, Jason, this is an event that's gone to the better players. As sort of if you take out Gary Stow when it should have been won by Martin Keimer, you've yep. got Tyrrell Hatton, Lee Westwood, Shane Lowry, Timmy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler should have been Martin Keimer, and then you had that little spell of Larafa Bell, Donaldson, Robert Rock, but they all beat Roy McIlroy or Justin Rose. So, generally speaking, well, goes to top class players. Well, it happens, doesn't it? You know, we've seen players lose. I mean, we saw Morikawa. I mean, that was a good field, but we saw him lose a five-shot lead. So, yep. you know, they can all do it. I mean, like we've always said, any any player on tour with any any ability can shoot 63 on any given day. It's a matter of doing it at the time and, and doing it under pressure. Um, <coughs> that's it. So, you know, fair enough. You know, there they are. Get it done. My, my point on that... Um... Jason, before we move on, do you think that coming to a new golf course maybe balances that out? Because when you have years and years of going to Abu Dhabi Golf Club and people know what it is and these top quality players play there every year, do you think that going on to Yaz Links and, and no one knowing it really very well, that suddenly that allows long shots in a bit more? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Colin Morikawa turned up at um, Royal St George's having played an absolute dire game the week before um, as you know we just red lined him straight away yeah. and there we are there were there wasn't the uh, the wind and um, it's shacking to yep. uh, point of play. I don't know if that's on the form book I don't know if it's allowed you know, to put that there but at the end it of the day now. that's what happened <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah there we are um, who knows I mean look it's a fantastic field it's a quality field but they're not unbeatable first run of the season yeah you know, who knows yep uh, um, Brad, first three in the betting: Rory McIlroy seven to one with Colin Morikawa as well, seven to one. Victor Hovland ten to one. Mm. I think I know the answer to this already. Um, I know Jason's answer to this. We're just putting a line through the three of them and moving on. Yep. Yeah, because <laughs> you, I think in this tournament, especially, you probably want to respect the three of them, and I think that you know it's very likely, as the odds suggest, that one of them does win. But I think that. Even the next run of people um, have benefited greatly from the three being there: Shane Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, mm-hmm. and Tyrrell Hatton. Twenty-two, twenty-two, and twenty-five to one. Definitely, I, I feel like Shane Lowry was the one for me, and I was umming and ahhing over him and uh, Tyrrell. Obviously, their links pedigree, and then I saw the forecast. You know, it looks well, it doesn't look oh, too terrible, but on Friday it looks like it could really turn blowy uh like 27 to 29 miles per hour wind so i think you're definitely gonna have to have a good amount of experience playing in the wind um or else you could really damage your, your car for the week so um yeah but yeah they were the two that appealed in that that range but i ended up just ignoring them completely in the end yeah i mean the one i agonized over the most was was till hatton i think that it looked for a little while like he would he had gone off the boil maybe started to you know believe in himself a bit too much etc etc um and then he had a little bit of a bounce back you know 16th at the dp world where it was only really one uh one poor round of 73 in the second round that kind of cost him uh, a chance and then at the hero world he was top 10 albeit in a 20-man field but again just just a couple of nice signs there just going into the week it's all about links pedigree obviously hatton's gone in abundance king's barnes he's played well out in the past although he's not been 
one to go super low there. He's just been pretty steady. Um, I think he shot seven under there in 2017. We were talking about earlier, Brad. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I think there was plenty to like about Tour Hatton. But Jason, there's one over here that you like instead. Yeah, just before, I mean, it's two to one that either uh, Rory, uh, Mike Carr, or Hovland win. Which actually, I, I couldn't back it. But I'm not convinced it's that far out. I wouldn't go that much bigger, to be honest mm. with you. Of the three, I'd go Hovland, to be honest, because I think he's, uh, I think he could be anything. Yeah, I think, I think I would side with Hovland as well, over them three. I'd be, yeah, I'd be interested to see if there's any if there's any betting, you know, on those top three that are clear of the rest and, mm. and see what Hovland is. But yeah, I think he looks just unflappable at the moment. But we say that every year, don't we? And then <laughs> another one comes across. There's bound to be someone that starts here at three figures. By September, we're saying that he's top ten player in the world. So, yeah. who knows? But yeah, for me, uh, and I've, as you know, Tom, over the last year, I've not gone anywhere near Tommy Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, he's absolutely. Oh, I just think he's a stunning bet this week. Um, he, showed, he showed good signs recently as well. That was on the on the DP World Tour side of things. Uh, you won. I mean, he should have won Honda last year. Yeah. As we know, um, in fact, he should have won. I think even himself, he said that he um, he should have won at least three tournaments over the last year and a half, two years. I mean, obviously, it's been a bit of a curtailed year as well. <coughs> well, I mean, go. You know, we all know what he can do. You go back, Kings Barnsley at 63 around there in 2011. Um, we know that he's a links ball. We know that. Uh, I mean, you take him over any um, conditions as well. He hit 63 in Carnoustie in 2017. Um, Links pedigree all the way, all the yeah. way through. His, uh, he's, he's, he's from South Pole, so as is about um, uh, Southgate, isn't he? Um, yeah. Links pedigree through and through. Always has been. I mean, he actually played at Kings Barnes way back in 2008 in an amateur trophy, England versus rest of the world. Where he played with Tom Lewis and uh, Eddie Pepperell, and he played really, really well there. So it's, it's everything. It's always has been about him. Um, Show him in the Scottish Open that uh, Aaron Rye won. Um, when they had that horrendous day, he absolutely loved it. Said, "Look, you know, we get paid to play, and uh, you know, there's not a problem playing in this. Um, everything about him is just there. I mean, um, I mean, he's he's. We know he's hard to get over the line with, uh, but he's got back-to-back wins here too. Fa- um, in 2000 and blah blah and blah blah, because I can't read what I've written. Um, That's uh, 17 and 18 for us other listeners. Thank you very much, mate. And obviously 2020, he's come from fifth just after the first round to finish second. 2021, um, he's finished seventh, having been third overnight going into Sunday. Uh, He thinks he should have won Honda, Portugal and Scotland. I certainly think he should have won Scotland and Honda anyway. Um, He's now with Taylor Made. He's had enough time to uh, get into those clubs, really. Um, And you look at, again, past history. Look at his Carl Phillips fall. He's one round around Hilbert Sumshi in 2012. He was 17th. Uh, he's had uh, one run at the Grove, 2016 British Masters. He was tied fourth. Um, I, I think I, I can't believe he's 40th in the world. Um, I looked this earlier. Jason Copebrook is 21st in the world, and Tommy Fleetwood's 40th. And I know who I think is the better player. And it's all about just getting over the line, isn't it? But I, I think that um, I think he's, he's got to hope that he's settled on a putter as well now. I know he was. Well, Experiment. Yeah, you, you know, look, wait till you hear my, wait till my American Express too, if you want to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> right, <then. laughs> Die about them. Um, 
and, and I just think as soon as I saw it, as soon as we knew it was moving to a Lynx, it's Abu Dhabi. I mean, he's got the you know regional form mm-hmm. in spades. He's got plenty of desert form, and and he goes to a course that's going to suit him even better. I don't know what you want out of a twenty-two one shot. Not really my sort of price normally. Um, certainly not Tommy Fleet would normally either. But yeah, bang on. I think I think he's laid out for this. Let's put it like that. He's one after a break as well. So he's, he's, lack of a he's due, up. isn't he? he does, I feel like he's he's due a big performance. You know, sort of like to I, reintroduce I think, himself. I agree. I think he goes back in the top twenty in the world by the end of the year. Um, boom. What do you want? Mm, like it. Oh, I like Tommy Fleetwood. It was it was 2020. You should have won that Honda Classic, isn't it? But it just feels like yeah. Sorry, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a funny couple of years, haven't they? So yeah, right. 2020. Yeah, and it, and it's just rolled. And my point on that, not just to to make you feel silly, but just the the fact that it's rolled into one, and it feels like Fleetwood struggled throughout that period. If you get me, like it just feels like ever since the lockdown happened, it's just it's just been a whole wave of it, like. And there's been the flashes that we, we expect from him and, and he's played well where he's expecting to play well and he did okay at the Ryder Cup when he played and things like that. But just hasn't quite peaked. But returning to an event he really, really loves, time of year that he really loves. Um, and I think that when he's returned to the DP World Tour in general, uh, he's been pretty good. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with that. <clears throat> to add to that Kyle Phillips thing before we move on, Jace, we, we were talking about the Vidura golf course before and it is the Sicilian Open. You are correct. Which uh, which will add to one of our picks later on as well. Um, you looking at this thirty five to one range? I, I really really like Thomas Peters. Um, you know, I think we did the the show at the end of the year where we were kind of looking at who we were going to look at towards uh, in twenty twenty two, and I thought that Thomas Peters was going to have a really big year, and and I think that does happen, and I think it starts here. Like I think he's in excellent form. I think the thirty five to one is fine. Um, you know, I think he's just, he does everything I want him to do, Brad, plays all the places that I want him to play well, well, and uh, I think he's, he's due a victory. Yeah, I'm, like I think I told you earlier, it's like, it's not someone that's really popping out to me at the moment, Thomas Peters, and I, I know that you're really big on him and you're, you're saying that you're expecting to have a big year, I can't really argue it, I just, I'm just sort of waiting and seeing, but as you said it earlier to me, like, I'm not sure if you're going to miss the boat if you wait and see. As soon as he has one good performance, you know, um, he'll just, it's the, the bookies would just you know, shorten him big time. So, yeah, it could be the time to take him. Yeah, I just think, you know, I say he's due a victory. Obviously, he's only just won in Portugal Masters, but I think he's the type that can just put them together in bunches. We saw it in 2015. He could sort of won, I think, even back-to-back, maybe. Um, plenty, want... plenty of form in this part of the world as well, isn't he? Absolutely, like just loves, just loves these tournaments. He was second in this event uh, back in 2016 to Ricky Fowler, lost uh, by a single shot, but shot 64, 67 over the weekend. It was just a 73 uh, in the second round that cost him. Again, he was top five in 2018 when Fleetwood won. Poor final round there. He's actually, I remember him being uh, disappointing. But then the sit for the DP World Tour in 2019 as well. So. Mm. Just always does it in this kind of class of field. Um, you know, tied fourth at the Masters, Jason, in 2017. I do, and PGA tied sixth in 2018. Like he's he's a big-time player who's probably been missing for for too long, really, and, and just slowly coming back into that form that we suspect to see from him and uh, really like it. I don't think you're going to see him jumping around anywhere, are you, when he wins? Um, <laughs> language is, is, you know, not really the word for him, is it? 
Um, yeah, yeah, the Portugal Marso, I, I think, it was a brilliant tournament. I think we were on Bier Garden, Ho Garden, and um, we looked, watching Pete as we thought he was going to do one of his typical collapses, whereas he misses a three footer and then it stays. You see, he doesn't go mad, does he? He's not a, you know, he doesn't smash his clubs up before he does, actually. Yeah, I've, um, I've watched. Quite, it. I've literally watched him do it in person. Well, but yeah. he's, he's not a bit previous, yeah. As, he, as Dietrich, is he? But no. um, he, um, we thought he was. I thought he was going to sort of miss a putt and then absolutely just do one of those where he goes bogey, bogey, and then comes right back at the end when he's recovered. And he wasn't. He was great in front. Um, and I actually thought it was a really good tournament. I know there's a few few that are in that field that can be well fancied this week. Um, and you do have that. I mean, it's not exactly, but you do often have the, the Portugal, Qatar, and then you go linksy field. So there's nothing wrong with it. I, I'm sort of in between. I, I do like Peters yeah. in this. And I think it was about September, maybe, when Ben put up a list of players to qualify for the uh, 2023 Ryder Cup. Yeah. And he stuck out for me. I know there's the Hogarth brothers, but he absolutely stuck out. And then he goes and wins. He liked his first event for bloody ages. Yeah. Um, which screwed that up completely. <laughs> um, but I can't argue. Yeah, I, I, I'd still like to see how he reacts. But it may be now that he's, you know, obviously he's got he's got the win. He's he's risen up. He's got the, you know, he's relaxed. He's going to be a far more relaxed player this year, um, and that may suit him. So yeah, I've got no argument with him. I, I yeah. think he's. If you say him and you want to back him, I don't see how you can say no. It's it's just like it's it's exactly like you're sort of saying the sort of things that Brad said earlier to me that that just you, you're worried that you want to see what he does first and I'm just worried that if you wait to see what he does first once his beliefs and swings are out of the way he's going to be favourite for most events he tees up in and mm. when you look at the, the the performance after the Portugal Masters uh, you know so he played Portugal Masters seventh November comes to the DP World two weeks later fires a seventy three in the first round which kind of puts him behind an eight ball. And then goes 67, 70, 69 on a tough layout um, and gets himself right up to 15th, one shot outside the top 10. So for me, he's kind of done what I needed him to do. He's, he's kind of telegraphing form. As we've mentioned, plays him at least well. Uh, so pretty happy to just take a chance while the prices are there. Adam Scott is now the same price at 35 to 1. Was 50 to 1 this morning, I tweeted out. And I thought that was a bit big. Um, Jason, I know your feelings on Adam Scott. Um and watching him miss that part of the wind and that he missed to, to go into the playoff is, is everything you you know from Adam Scott. He has, however, had three top 14 finishes in what his last six or seven starts. So I think he's playing well enough to be... Well, when he was 50 to 1, I couldn't believe it. Um, 35 to 1, I'm you know not so worried now. I've got my Did you get on at all? At I did. Yeah, I took him. Oh, it's, fine. Nice. it's fine for me. I, know you, just... yeah, I remember you mentioned it straight yeah. away. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was happy when I tweeted him out. I was fine. I put him on. But it's, it's one of those ones where like, I, I don't know if I feel as comfortable sort of tipping him at 35 to 1 or put him out if you like. But uh, mm-hmm. I do yeah. still like his chances. I, I do think he's a, he's a class player. But uh, any more for you, Jason, in this range before we move on to Brad's first pick? Uh, no, I think I think Brad's going to cover the player that I would be very scared of this year. Whether I'm not sure about his price this week, but yeah, um, I, I think he's going to be he's, he's definitely going to be winning one or two this year. Go on in, Brad. Let's, uh, let's we teed you up. Yeah, well, for, before I go into it, I've gone full send on the Kings Barnes uh, <laughs> link this week. So yeah, I've based a lot of my I've factored it hugely into my research because I've done a lot. Um, I, saw, I saw a few. There's a few quotes I read on Carl Phillips' website um, 
from well I'll read one from Lee Westwood saying the course is very good it's very similar to the other ones Carl Phillips has designed it's got a feel like King's Barnes to it and uh, Sweden's Johan Edfors Carl has done a great job with the course you sort of feel like you're at King's Barnes every now and again it's a really good golf course then I also went onto like the, all the course review websites and you know people that just posted a review, review after playing it and a lot of them are just comparing it to King's Barnes and I was just like okay I've heard enough right we haven't got anything to go off course form wise like this is what I'm doing so I sort of tediously uh, stayed up one evening and went through all the there was no easy way to do it just went through with the European tour um, past events of the Dunhill links and looked at all the best scores at King's Barnes and so yeah just before I go into my first pick I thought <laughs> preface it with that and also just to add to that quote i think it was matt cooper i don't know if you guys saw it that put out a tweet that and he was kind of jesting because of the way it was said but graham mcdowell said that sometimes you shut your eyes and you feel like you can see you feel like you can see king's barns or something ridiculous like that which i hadn't even seen that obviously you knew what he meant but the fact that he said his eyes yeah but yeah king king's barns looks a very very strong link for uh But anyway, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go into it. So my, my <laughs> no first further ado. Yeah, no further. Uh, Nikolai Horgard, uh, 45 to 1. I think there was better prices out there, but I was too keen. Um, but yeah, uh, he closed the year in fantastic form, didn't he? Second at the Portugal Masters, fourth in the DP World Tour Championship. And that has to go along with his first victory at the Italian Open. He just suddenly, everything started to click, just started hitting a hell of a lot more greens. I always fancy his swing over Rasmus and yeah, anyway, he just looks like a player who's going from strength to strength. And uh, yeah, Hoygaard shot four under at Kings Barnes last year on a really tough scoring day. This was second to Lowry, who I think was the best scorer of, the, of that of that round. Yeah. And yeah, finished inside the top 20 at the Dunhill Links. So anyway, he's arriving here in really good form, full of confidence. And uh, if he continues to be dialed in with the irons, I can't see why he can't compete with the elite in this field because I'm just expecting him to just like go to another level this year. Yeah, like like Jason said with, and you said with Peters with me, I, I, I'm very much the same with Hoygaard. Is that I just I don't need to I don't need him to prove it to me because he's he's done everything he needs to do to prove it to me. But I'm just hoping, well, until you put him up, I was hoping that he was just going to have a, a pretty average week um, mm. and just drift out into kind of you know because he's finished. He's had a second and his fourth his last two starts. It wasn't that long ago that he won the Italian Open, really. 14th at Dunhill Links, 20th at Wentworth, and he's still in the 50, 55 to 1 bracket, 45 to 1, depending on what places you took. So there's not really much else he can do, but there was some 66s. He's as well. It's bizarre, and they're the kind of figures you're only going to get when these three top guys are in. They are playing next week in Dubai, or two of them are at least, I think. Um so I just kind of hoped that he was going to have a, a pretty disappointing week, go to like 70 to 1 or something, and just, mm-hmm. you know, but that was probably fantasy and probably not going to happen now. And uh, hopefully now that you've put him up, he, he goes and does what uh, what we expect him to do. Cheers, <laughs> but um, oh, there's tons here, you know, the, the, the range here. I mean, I once I kind of got out, I, I kind of left this range alone between Hoygaard and the triple digits because there was just plenty of ways you could have gone, like you could have looked at, Horsefield, you could have looked at Wallace, Perez, you know, yeah. and I think you were on Perez, Brad, if I'm correct, 
I did, yeah, I ended up taking him. I think I took him quite early. I don't, it didn't last long. I got him at 100 to 1. I probably, yeah. to be honest, I wouldn't have took him at 70s or yeah. 80s. So, yeah, that was a big value play. Yeah, no, I like that. I don't think there needs to be much said on why you would bet him at 100 to 1. No, uh, maybe a bit more justification needed at 70s. <laughs> Um, yeah. Jason, while you're dying there in in the corner, do you do you have any picks in this kind of range between this and the hundreds one? No, I, I haven't got any picks, but it's 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 going to be very injury. As you say, you've got you've got the Hogarth brothers. Um, I think Rasmus will end up on PGA Tour personally. Um, JB Hansen's playing terrifically well. Um, Danny Willett, you know, you you can pick out his best, and he'll go well here. Uh, it's really difficult, isn't it? Uh, Dietrich. I think we, I think we said last year wherever uh, Peters goes, Dietrich follows. Yeah, um, he could be inspired. I think he's quite a big price to be honest with you, around seven. Haven't even looked at his price. No, haven't yeah, even seventy. Oh, um, that's not bad. No, um, Rafa's got some. Uh, you know, it it just it it's fantastic. I did quite. I did look at Alexander Bjork. Yeah. Who um, who obviously plays really really well in Dubai. Second, 12th, 17th in the DP and 6th in the Desert Classic, amongst others. Um, and he did finish really, really well last year. I remember talking about him before the DP and I said to you, I think, Tom. You really liked um, him for that, didn't you? I did and you went, nah. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that guy. He's absolutely held his own, you know, no problem at all. He, he, he stuck with it and, and there, there wasn't any issue with his game whatsoever. Um, so, I th- again, he's 80 to 1. I, I could easily take a chance. I don't think he'll win. Um but like we always say, you know, we get in eight places. I say it on the American one, you probably say it on yours. You know, they only get five places. They get top five, top ten. Yeah. You know, we're very lucky over here to get the eight. Um, mm. and it makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. So, yeah, possibly Bjork would, would be out of them. But not there's, there's hundreds there. I've got to add, you know, because you said uh, Cabrera, uh, Rafa, Barabello. Yeah. I think he's I think he's worth a, a squeak this week because... Uh, Obviously, he won that event, didn't he, in 2017 at the Dundonald Links, which is another Phillips design. Um, so, if you're looking for that, that kind of sort of thing, he does appeal. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't land on him in the end, but I think he's definitely worth a mention. Yeah, I, I agree. I think what you said about Bjork, I mentioned Bjork earlier. Uh, so I think it was you, Brad, that I was talking about Bjork. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, after Jason put me on him at the start of the year, uh, was end of last year, sorry. Uh, Adrian Moronk, I think long term is is going to succeed mm. on the on the DP World Tour, and I just don't know if it's going to be this week, so I can kind of leave him alone. That's um, it. Same here with him. Yeah, I'll probably take him a lot this year, Moronk, but it just yeah. doesn't feel doesn't feel right this week for some reason. Well, it just it just feels like you're going to get this price for most of the week unless he strings together really good you know performances this Middle Eastern swing, and mm. I can I can see it not happening. So I'm happy to just watch him for a little while. Um, but the one that I was really keen on was uh, Callum Shinkwin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, as we've now spoken about Kings Barnes, obviously he was six under there uh, this year. I think he's done well there again in the past. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. Um, I think uh, he's had some other decent yeah. form there. No, he has, yeah. No, he's had a, a few other decent uh, rounds at Kings Barnes. Yeah, and I think he was second uh, to Rafa in that uh, Dundonald links that we just oh, mentioned. Yeah. yeah, 2016, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so to me, that there's just enough about Callum Shinkwin to like. Um, Jason, you've obviously been a bit of a long-term admirer of Callum Shinkwin anyway. Uh, 17th and 31st in his last two starts uh, in 2021. I just, I just, you know, I just see him as a Lynx player. I see him as a player that can 
take his game to another level. I do think this is probably a bit beyond him in terms of winning, but as you just referenced, eight places, 125 to one. Um, I don't need him to win. Yeah, I, yeah, I have been a fan of, of Shinkman since I was told to watch him when he was about 14. <laughs> um, you know, the club thought he was he was exceptional, and I think he is. It's you know. Um, yeah, I mean, just to reference, we've got an interview hopefully later on this week. Um, uh, if, uh, a player that uh, in their blog uh, wrote that most of the time you don't hear from the 99% of, play, of players that lose. Yeah. You know, it's golf is a hard... I mean, it is. It's hard to win. Yeah. Um, and and Shinkwin should should really have one more. Um, I was on for about... I was on for about a house, I think, over in China, I think, a few <laughs> years ago. And he led it halfway. Um, and he just killed me. Um, but yeah, I, the, the problem is we've, we've got these players and I don't know how, it's really bad to say, I don't know how long you can keep looking. You, you do think, okay, this is the year they're going to step forward. This is the year they're going to step forward. Yeah. Another season passes. Mm-hmm. And at some point, and then you look at it and go, Richard Bland. And you say, <laughs> let's not forget them. You know, we know this. You know, somebody like Shinkman, for example, he had a bad year. You know, and, and, and he did, you know, yeah. I mean, he got oh, his win, didn't he? I mean, he got his win in Cyprus, and you thought it, that'd be the making of him. Absolutely. Yeah, and then it's sort of, um, yeah. Expect I expected to see him contending a lot more than I did last year. Let's put it that way. He's a proper player, and I expected him to com- compete in in the bigger tournaments, certainly the bigger links tournaments, anyway. Mm. Uh, but it's still there, isn't it? So <coughs> I agree with you, Tom. Do you know, you do know, know where he plays out of, Jason? Uh, yes, he's out uh, in. Oh, he was out of Hartford, wasn't he? Because um, mm. friend of mine's a member there. Um, is it Moore Park? Well, it used to be. Oh Moore yeah, Park. yeah, yeah, Moore Park. I've heard it of. used to be Moore Park. As I say, a friend of mine phoned me up and said, "You got to watch this kid. He's going to be exceptional." And I was on. I was on at five hundred to one in China, and uh, he thought we was uh, buying property. Uh, <laughs> um. It never works that way. It was a nice dream, but he is he is exceptional, and. Um, it, 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 look, it's it's we say it a million times. It's such fine lines. Yeah. It won't take long. It won't take much for them to then suddenly. You know, like I said to you, I mean, I will still repeat it. Jason Coakley is tw- ranked twenty-one in the world. That's <laughs> well, it. That, well, that, well, that was you know. so that that Jason Coakley reference is one that I'm going to use a lot on the PJ Tour this year because I think someone like a Luke Lister can be b- bullish about come on to that and the American yeah. Express etc. Um, <laughs> But the podcast I listened to yesterday from December was Seamus Power. And I can't even begin to paraphrase what he was saying because, one, I was semi-concentrating on it, and two... But the gist of it was is that he was trying to fix something that actually he shouldn't have been trying to fix, and it was a completely wrong thing to look at. He lost X amount of time doing it. And then once he figured out what he should be doing, he made a quick change, very easy, and all of a sudden he's playing like he's playing. Um, mm. And if... Callum Shinkwin, you know, different level, obviously, but if you've, if you've got that kind of the upside, you knew what you were as a junior player, you knew what you were when you've won on tour already. You know, Kelly Samoyer beating that playoff, he lost to Rafa Cabrera player. You know, if he'd won that in 2017, it's got Chopin at the Dundonald Links. This conversation wouldn't be happening. He's probably a better player by now already. You know, it's just it just happens to be that these oh, things pay out. Yeah. yeah, and he's 28 years old, like. Kokrak's huh. 36 and won three times in yeah. Uh, yeah, many months. So, yeah. Crazy. You really, yeah, I did not think... Uh, when you put it in perspective like that, he's got so many years ahead of him. But he, because he, he's, he's almost a victim of his own success because because he come out so early and so prepared and, and looked so good 
And I think mm. Tommy Fleetwood went through the same thing. I don't, I, he's not in the realm that Tommy Fleetwood is, I don't think. But similar sort of thing. Like they've struggled on the European Tour for a long time. And then all of a sudden, bang, done. And, and I don't think a lot needs to happen. So whilst I don't think he's got the upside of Tommy Fleetwood, I do think it's a similar sort of case there to be seen. Cupid may work hard in February, but our friends at Manscaped are working harder than ever to ensure that your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with their Performance Package 4.0, which includes a signature lawnmower. This February, join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LFW20. That is LFW20 on the Lost for Words podcast. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. Folks, we know how important it is to have clean, fresh golf balls, but it is also your balls that we must prioritise on Valentine's Day. And the Performance Package 4.0 will leave you with more dating app notifications than Cupid has arrows. This lovely bundle comes equipped with the best tools needed when freshening up for a night on the town and a date night with your young lady. So once again, that is code LFW20 for 20% off and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. Fellas, look after your balls both on and off the golf course in February. Talking to people with upside, talking with people that have struggled with their games for an awful long time, yeah. uh, talking to someone that probably will struggle with a lot of jet lag this week, uh, <laughs> How Tong Lee um, is sitting there. He's 140 to 1, 5 places. Is he back? 100 to 1, 8 places. Is he back is the question indeed, Brad. Um, won the Volvo China Open beat Felipe Aguilar. One Dubai Desert Classic beat Roy McIlroy. Very different uh, levels of victories there. Lost two playoff events to Kiridek Afibama and Justin Rose. So we can see the sort of level that Hao Tong Lee competes at uh, when he's top of his game. He played well at the China Open. Uh, when was that? Was that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Was it the week before the Sony? I, I, think, I think that was... No, yeah. 19th of December. Uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, he comes second. Yeah. And it and it and it flashed up to me on on the on the current form last week on tour tips and I thought oh do I don't I is is, there, is it just because he's played in China I just left it like it didn't really think of it and it was part of a wider thing like 14th at the Dunhill Links was pretty impressive 64 at Kings Barnes that week to open up That's um, yeah 12th last week in the Sony Open slight concern that he went 68 69 over the weekend and now has a 26 mm. hour flight. Um, but Brad, as I said to you earlier, maybe just play him in the first round leader market. Yeah, and just I mean, hope I think he goes one round. Definitely, mate. Yeah, I think if you're going to take him out, I would. We, I think we both have. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that um, you've got you've got to chuck a first round leader on him as well. I mean, yeah, that eight under round at Kings Barnes is just that was that was huge. And uh, look, it was such a nice sight seeing him up the leaderboard last week. It was a massive. It was a surprise, and uh, yeah, this could be this could be it. He could be back, and uh, yeah, I think he's a great bet this week. I was I was all throughout last week because I was someone I was eyeing up for this after I saw so after saw his first round, and I was thinking, oh, don't don't go too well, mate. <laughs> you know, you're gonna you're gonna destroy your price for this week. But ah, I was not expecting to see 125s this morning. Yeah, that was. That was well, a... you you were saying to me last night, weren't you? Like, please don't please don't go any better. Um, yeah. <laughs> eight under at Kings Barnes last year, 2021. Four under at 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he did at Kings Barnes in 2018, but he played uh, the Dunhill Links. He finished tied fifth there. Um, so obviously, I don't Top know 20 you... in Amman at, at the Amman Open as well. Yeah. So. And then the other one is the Rocco Forte Open, which is Vidura. 
uh, in mm. Sicily, which Carl Phillips designed, and he was third there as well. Opened up for six. Wow, I miss I miss that one. That's just a Brucey bonus. That's it, that, and that's also going to be a Brucey bonus for our later pick as well, who unfortunately isn't the same price that he was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, opened up for sixty-four there. So I do think first-round leaders to play because if he has any chance of winning, then I think a hot start is going to benefit to him. But this is this is his level, right, Chase? I think that. This is where we expect him to perform. We know what happened when he was getting massacred on the TV for being at the range for eight hours at the PGA Championship. But people go for these, you know, we mentioned that, you know, in podcasts before, Jason, that if you make a swing change or any sort of change during a season or you go for a whole injury or grip change or anything, you can lose years of your career and it and it quickly snowballs into to a long period of time before they get back. Yeah, I think, you know, Horsey said it, didn't he? He said, you can't make a swing change during the season. Yeah. He said, because obviously you're travelling and your hotels, you've got commitments. He said, you can't make a swing change during a tournament. And you have to accept that you're going to miss cuts because you're working on a a process or whatever. Um, problem I've got with Hatung Lee is, is what he's going to do after a good tournament. Yeah. Um, and that, that's my issue. You know, look, he, he's, he's, he's done it in the past. He, was, he could have been anything, as you rightly say. But he has an awful lot of missed cuts when he follows when he does has a reasonable tournament. Mm. But um, yeah, look, look, you, you make a fantastic argument for him. Um, so much so that I'm considering him in some sort of play. I mean, it might have to be like a top twenty or something. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's there. But that that would that's my only concern is where he goes. He seems to. It might have all changed, like you said. He might have found something. Yeah. yeah. You know, when when we thought he'd come back at the links. He then goes 68 and miscut. Um, you know, before that, like you said, you mentioned, you know, Scottish Open. He comes off a miscut, goes tie 14th, and then misses the next three cuts. <laughs> or actually misses five of the next six, seven, no, about 12 miscuts, actually. <laughs> um, and you just, that's the problem I've got. But, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, if he's found something, he's found something, and, and fair play. You know, he's certainly good enough to contend. I just, I just think that there's a bit of juice in the price, like, when you look at triple digit players you need someone that you think well you don't need someone to win because you can get decent place terms but you still want someone that you think has got winning upside I think he has that even in this strength of field um, you don't need to put a lot on him if he just even no. if he misses the cut like he makes a lot of sense you know because he's at that price if he goes and missed the cut it's like well the reasoning was right you know it could have been something but you know it's just a lot of upside. Yeah, but I I will never feel stupid for playing How Tong Lee at 140 to one after he's just proven to me or his last exactly. two starts are 12th and second, uh, 12th, yeah, 12th and second. So I'll take the chance and, and and if it goes wrong, then he'll be 400 to one again soon and you can do what you like. Um, <laughs> Joe Kim Lagergren has changed price significantly. Um, I think we've got oh, Ben, ben yeah. to thank for that. Um, he was 225 to one this morning. I still think there's some value in 150 to one. I still think there's some value in even 125 to one and hundreds get a bit short, but I still like 150 to one. Um, he loves Kings Barnes at the end of the day. Uh, exactly. Five under 2021, 10 under 2019. Um, you know, he's very good at that tournament in general, at the, at the Dunhill links. And he's won that at the, the Rocco Forte at the Vidura, Carl Phillips design as well. Um, That's massive. I didn't even realise that. Yeah. Whether, so whether, whether, I mean, it, everything points to 
King's bar, like no, all those quotes everyone's read out, no one goes, oh yeah, it's a bit like the Sicilian Open. So no, exactly, yeah. It, it it might not matter, but it's just an addition. But when um, we've got not much to go off, you've got to, you've got to buy into something like this, haven't you? Exactly that. And and Middle Eastern form in general, Qatar Masters, he was second uh, in 2017. Uh, you know, I, again, a bit like. Maybe not quite as much as how something. I do. I do think there's winning upside, but possibly not in this field. Um, but when he was 225 to one, he was certainly just a. I mean, look, if he finishes one. fifth at 200 to one, that's just a, it's a massive place payout, and as good as any winner. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think, I think there's that people get so caught up in I don't know why you're backing him because he can't win. Sometimes it's just actually I'm yeah. fucking delighted if he finishes in the top five. I don't really care. You know, if he pays me off fifty to one, exactly. You know, it it yeah. really doesn't matter to me. So uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy still to go with him despite the fact that obviously acknowledging that the price has cut in a bit. Um, Jason, any more long shots for you in this range? Uh, Matt Jordan's always interesting when you go to links. Yeah. Um, not really uh, anything else to say. I thought he had a bit of a renewed attitude last year. Uh, when he was interviewed, I think he said somebody somebody advised it. Was it Dad, I think? Or I can't remember the exact quote, but somebody advised him of, of a certain thing he was he was doing during his swing. He changed that and, and he got results. With last time the withdrawal was a bit of a worry, but it's long enough ago. Um, he was of interest because I think he's got tremendous upside. I, we've I not think, found out what he's doing. I think the withdrawal really like was just, just COVID anyway, wasn't it, mate? Was it COVID? COVID? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's got. I think he's got tremendous. I say tremendous upside. I don't think he's finished yet. Um, and if you're going to catch him, it will be on links. Mm-hmm. There's loads, isn't there? Julian Brun, you know. It, it, you know. I mean, yeah, he could be anything. He exactly. He could be anything. Um, do you know what? It, it's actually a great. When you go through it, it's actually. <laughs> That's a brilliant field. It's, it is a brilliant field. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Larga Graham. We've always said again when it comes to links, he's just a. a just back him. Beast. Just back him. Does it? Yeah. It's an auto bet. Um, Jamie Donaldson, obviously had a terrific last couple of years back on the back on the scene. Again, another Lynx man. But for me, um, and I don't think he's playing as we discussed just before we came on, his price started disappearing. So if he's not playing, I won't waste too much time. But Matty Schmidt at 175 is ridiculous. Yeah. Absolute ridiculous price. And the problem is that I'm going to say is a ridiculous price and, and then he's going to end up being hundreds not even playing probably <laughs> I don't know why he's not playing um, he may well be playing he, yeah, may he be had a them. decent round at um, Kings Barnes as well I think. yeah yeah. do you know what do you know what it might not be playing because there's a Matthias Schmidt somewhere quoted and you know yeah. what it's like so I might be wrong but I don't think he is playing um, he's got five top 20s in, in a handful of European so start second at Bernardos which is Carl Phillips ninth from the links as you rightly say Long hitter, finds greens. The thing about Schmidt is, um, it's a bit like the Hogar twins as well. If, if, and if, I, I do mean this as an analogy. It's like um, if you follow horse racing, you get two like really good two-year-olds, really promising two-year-olds that go into winter and you don't know how they've wintered until they come out next year, but you're expecting big things. Exactly the same. You know, I mean, Vincent Norman's obviously over on the Corn Ferry Tour getting bashed about in the Bahama wins. But, um, you know, Matty Schmidt is... is He's expected, isn't he? He's expected to win. He's expected mm-hmm. to be top 10 in Europe and he's expected to be in the Ryder Cup in maybe maybe not two, but perhaps um, four years' time um, or sorry, three years' time, uh, four years, whatever it is, whatever year it is. Um, <laughs> he's expected to be there and, and you can't see why not. You know, two-time winner of the um, the European Amateur, which was also won by Nikolai Hogard. Paul Schmidt went back-to-back. 
Um, I, I just thought the price. I, I didn't understand it. I actually thought it'd be around sixty six, seventy five. I, I just don't get it. So I'm gutted if he's not playing. Um, so he was the only other one, mate. Sorry. Yeah, Brad, you've got Grant Forrest on your betting card this week. Yes, massive fan of Grant. I thought, I thought he smashed it last year. Got his win at the Hero Open and um, he built on it with some solid finishes Like to close it out. I think there's a lot to like about him. Um, has rounds of 7-under and 5-under in his last two visits to Kings Barnes. Top 10 in Amman. Um, had some decent results in his part of the world. Sit for the Gulf in Dubai Championship. Tied 16th at the DP World Tour Championship to close out the year. So, yeah, I, I've got high hopes for him and... As does Richie Ramsey, who named him as one to watch, along with Nikolai, and I, I agree with him on both. Like I read a decent article of him, like sort of going over the year and his prospects. Um, and yeah, again, it's a big price and it's speculative, but he might just spring a surprise, and it makes sense. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um, once you added in the Dutch Open, uh, Jace, I just looked back at that leaderboard back in. Uh tail end of last year and and the one tournament that Helic Hilda played uh on the DP World Tour was there and he finished 12th shooting a 75 in the final round um so it'd be interesting to obviously it's a bit of a watching brief for him I don't think he can yeah. go straight out and win uh, at this level but you know again he what is he 200 to 18 places um his form currently reads first second 34 for first so I know that's challenge tour but as we're quickly seeing, these can oh. just come straight out and win. Oh, well, he he was he was right up there at the Dutch, same as yeah. Schmidt was. Went right at the final path three and, and screwed his chance up. Um, and Heli Gild, it was just a bit too much for him. He was he was having far too much fun, um, <laughs> to be honest with you. But yeah, it was a fantastic effort to, to finish the mm-hmm. challenge tour like he did. Um, beat Ricardo Gouvier down the um, down the stretch in the finale, and he's not giving up. And he's gonna. I think I'm really looking forward to what he's doing this year when he gets a bit <laughs> easier. Um, just one more, just one more. Sorry, Tom. I know okay. we're finished okay. earlier. You went on about Sicily, where uh, Lager Grim won. Yep. Um, back in fifth was Lucas Viergaard. Yes. Um, and he's at two hundred plus this week. Um, obviously loves Portugal, which again, you know, does you go down the line, starts linking in with links forces. <coughs> loves Portugal, which uh, you know um, showed a lot in Madrid, um, and obviously has won the Alfred Dunhill links many years ago. Uh, whether you can, I don't know if you can put faith in the fact that he won that and then went off form for a long while, but his, his latent talent is there. Um, and if he takes encouragement um, after keeping his card last year, um, I just wonder, you know, 200, 250 to one. I'm quite happy to, to take a chance with somebody like that uh, because of their. T- I think that everyone was talking about um, uh, Thorby and Ollison earlier. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously the you know his, his legal case is all over, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and he has to be a bit more relaxed. I think they're very similar players. I think they they, they turn up at the same sort of places. Uh, both both have extraordinary natural talent, um, and it's just a matter of how they react. And I just wonder. I, I just thought it was a big price. You know, I, he might be fifty points over. Um, so he's the only other one that was of interest to me. Well, um, prices. He shot seven under at Kings Barnes that year that he won the Dunhill Links. Um, you've already referenced that fifth place finish at the Sicilian Open, um, where he shot four rounds under 70 on a on a pretty tough layout um, to miss out only by two shots in the end. Um, as you mentioned, he's he's shown some life. Second at the Portugal Masters when you put him up, 12th at uh, Open d'Espanya as well. 
we, we were quite early on him in terms of his improvement, weren't we? We saw him play well at the, the Hander Invitational, didn't have any strokes gain data, but plumped with him and he finished 10th for the hero. Um, and, and he's been pretty good since then. 740 to 1 he is on the exchange, Lucas Beauregard. Um, so if, if you wanted to, to chuck the cost of a pint on uh, Lucas Beauregard, you could... Uh, you could have many more points. Um, so Lucas Pierregard, I it's think, not, is it, a good outside. Sorry, Tom. Again, you, you talk about the exchange. We were talking about this earlier, weren't we? Yeah. Is is you know it, it's not necessary. I don't know how, how you play it, Ray. I mean, I I'm don't very... do it. I, I I'm terrible on there. I, I play as a bet and I forget to trade out when I should. And yeah. I, I think I think even even uh, and I, again I'm, I'm not offering any advice whatsoever. But I think you know somehow, gamble responsibly. Yeah, yeah. Some, of your, some of your weak stakes to be put. I mean, it's just 740 to one. You know, if I'm on 251 each way, and I back, I back him at 740 plus. I mean, I'm not asking a lot for him to go to 100 to one. No. I can lay off and either make seven times my money, or get my weak stake back on him and, and keep right. trading with the free eight. I mean. I'm a, I always make the mistake. I always get too greedy, thinking, "No, nah, no, nah, he's going to keep going." And then, <laughs> and then he then he has like a moment of madness, falls down the leaderboard, and I can't lay. lay you know what? It's it's. I'm yeah. terrible. <laughs> that's why that's why I came up a couple of years ago with the double money at a quarter of the odds. Yeah. But I mean, but you have you still have the fixed odds bet running, and and you even look at last week. You know something silly. You know Kevin Nye was thirty after round one. He was nine to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously everyone got him with the uh, Grayson Murray decided to get him, which was like, you know, dragging a horse, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> you can trade Grayson Murray. Have a free bet almost, can't you? That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we won't go into no, uh, no. Grayson Murray completely screwed up Kevin Nas' head. But, um, you know, not that, we're, not that we're bitter or anything. But, um, no. Personal anyway, one Lucas that. Beergard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lucas Beergard, 740 <laughs> to 1. We talked about that Dutch Open reference there. Christian, Christopher Broberg won that um, in, in great fashion. Um, yeah. Finished ninth for the Dunhill Leaks, the next start, 12th at the Portugal Masters. He certainly seems like someone that is back. Yeah. Um, so. Quite like him. There's not, there's not as much from him that. Might be a good top twenty bet. Actually. Yeah, I think I think that's what he is. There's not as much in his history that suggests that he, as much as like a Lagergren, as much as a Bjerregard, etc. But even when he was, even before this little comeback, he was sixteenth in this event last year. Like, mm. and that, you, you, I just don't, I don't remember that. Like, not at all. Um, and you know, almost forgot that he won the Dutch Open. I know he won a tournament, but I forgot <laughs> it was Dutch Open. Um, so that's how quickly these things can go out of our mind and. You know, there's been a little break. He wasn't a DP World Tour, and, and all of a sudden you, you stop thinking about Christopher Broberg. And yeah, again, I don't. I, I think he's going to go to the top of the market. I think it's always going to be the top half a dozen in the market going to win it. But yeah. it's just that type of event. But you're not going to get these prices on people. Well, you've got to throw some darts. Of course, yeah. First event back and new course, and that's yeah, what, that's what the DP World Tour is all about, my friends. Just throwing yeah. darts and hoping someone chokes away on a Sunday. Got throw some darts with a load of waffle and just hope for that. That's it. That is it. Right. I am going to summarise my picks very quickly so we can move on to the American Express. I've gone for Thomas Peters at 35 to 1. I loved Adam Scott at 50s. Still like him at 35s, but not so keen. Um, Callum Shinkwin at 125 to 1. Houghton Lee at 108 places. Um, and then I, I think there's probably some substance in Joachim Nagelgren still 150s, 125s 
and that exchange price of Lucas Biragon at 740 is worth a few pints. Um, Jason, your picks, please. First, we hope Bob Mack doesn't do too much. Otherwise, his price for the Open comes crashing down. But, um, yeah, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood, I think that I, I can't see a negative at all against Tommy Fleetwood. Um, Thomas Peters is, is, is very possible. Uh, Matthias Schmidt is a definite if he's playing. I don't think he is. Uh, Alexander Bjork um, at 90-odd, something like that. Um, uh, and Lucas Beergaard, I'm going to go for. At, uh, if you're telling me 700 on the exchange, there's a little bit on that. And uh, a bit playing around at 250 top 10s and all that nonsense. With and you've convinced me that House on Lee, but I don't know where I'm going, how I'm going to play. Yeah, it seems dangerous for us all to get convinced by House on Lee, uh, knowing his miscut rate. But um, consensus pick being House on Lee. Yeah, when it all goes wrong, we can blame the newcomer. Never thought I'd be saying that in 2020. <laughs> no, neither did I. Um, Brad, your picks for me, please, mate. I've got uh, Nikolai Hoygaard at 45 to one. Uh, Victor Perez at 100 to one, but he's not available. Anywhere near that anymore. Uh, Shinkwin, 110 to 1. Uh, Hao Tong Lee, 125 to 1. Forrest, 150 to 1. And Lagergren at 200 to 1. So, yeah, very speculative card. And, yeah, if it's all, uh, if, the, if the big dogs show up, then I'm going to look a bit silly. <laughs> well, you know, that's the chances we take in these events. Uh, Jason, Matthew Schmidt is still showing up on the entry list for the event, so hopefully yeah, okay. uh, still playing, in, and it's a case of Ozchecker yeah. calling in Matthias instead of Matthew or whatever. Um, over to the American Express, back to the three-course rotation that we were accustomed to from 2016 onwards. Didn't happen last year. They dropped the Kinta and the Pram side of things. Um, but we know what this tournament is. It's uh, very kind to long shots. Not often that favourites win, but they can do so, obviously. Uh, John Rahm comes in here at 13-2, to two, best price. Patrick Cantlay, 9-1. to one. And then it's Scotty Scheffler, Sungjae M, 20s. Corey Connors, 22. Finau, 22. Jason, anyone from that top half a dozen players that you would even be tempted on this week? Not Well, not on the prices, but, I mean, you know, Pat Cantley is... is... Brilliant. Hmm. Um, you know, problem is I've lost all these prices. You were having to go at me for backing them at twenty-eight and thirty. I was. I'm not. I'm not going to see that until. until <laughs> if, if you get thirty-five to one now, we'll be delighted, won't we? I don't know when. I don't know when you're going to see it. So I mean, look, there's not. There's no. Um, there's nothing clever about it. Um, you know, he's there in front of you. I don't really need to say anything about him. He's, he's an absolute flipping machine, I think, and he's finally got his confidence everywhere everything about his game and, and he knows he's a top player and that's it he got voted player of the year didn't he over John Rahm which when you look at it I guess um, as a PGA player maybe not certainly overall yeah perhaps in, in the end uh, I yeah. think he did it didn't he I think, I think in the end Rahm I think he was worth, he's out, worth didn't it he? yeah. Um, yeah I mean his figures are just stunning um, like you say this isn't a tournament you want to be betting these sort of prices Um I've got a bit fond of this tournament. I've had a couple of winners over the years at this event. That's good. Uh, what are you then? Well, including Duffner. I don't know if anybody remembers Duffner chipping from the side the rocks. of seven feet. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I was absolutely bricking it. And, and I went, oh, here we go. It's Jason <laughs> Duffner. Um, and it was just, it was just legend. You know, I just, then he goes on to win the playoff. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. You, you, like I say, Cantley's the only one that, that I could possibly back, but that's because I don't back John Rahm. I mean, you know, ever. So. No, we all, we all faded John Rahm at the tournament champion. Said it was a ridiculously short price. Didn't bother, and then he basically 
Will he have the patience to, to yeah. mess about here this week? I don't know. Uh, look, I'm not going to go as bold to say he can't win it. Um, that's just ridiculous. But mm. I, I just don't need. I just don't care. I'm, I can't be that mm. worried about a six to one shot in a golf tournament that is renowned for going to. Adam Long was six hundred to one. I was like ridiculous. And thought year he won it. So I just can't. I cannot bring myself to do it. Hudson Swafford's won here at fancy prices. Pretty much everyone ever is won here at fancy prices. Um, so I I just don't need to do it. So I have certainly gone. I, I, I haven't gone outrageous, but I've certainly gone further down. Um, Brad, I just remind me of your earliest pick for me. Yeah, not usually someone I'd take too often, but I landed on uh, Finau at 22 yeah. to 1. Um, yeah, don't usually take him, especially as short as this, but yeah, I somehow couldn't resist him this week. Um, so he has a pretty decent record here. The last two starts, placed 14th and 4th. Last seen at the Tournament of Champions a couple of weeks ago, where he improved each round and closed the round of 65 to finish middle of the pack. Um, a bit like Tommy Fleetwood, like we said earlier. It feels like he's sort of due a big performance um hopefully something to build on like from his last start and with his record here felt like at the right time to chance him just feels like a due he's due a big performance i wasn't overly keen on him but yeah ended up following the gut and uh yeah 22 to 1 female yeah for me I, th- I think that there's i'd much rather take female over Corey connors but i'd probably rather take sanjay over female and I just want to see what Scotty Scheffler does with Ted Scott on the bag. So there's lots of ifs and buts and babies yeah, there. Scotty Scheffler is a, another one that I ummed and hard over. But they just seem so short. And... I, I just can't be bothered to, to, again, I'll just let Scheffler win and I'll just be happy for him. Like If, if, I'm, mm. if I'm stressing oh, about I'm whether he can make it down the stretch I'm, I'm, and he doesn't do it, he's going to go on the dartboard and I just can't be bothered with that. So... Uh, I will leave him alone until he goes out to his like 30, 40 to 1, and I'm really delighted for him again. Um, my early preview of Odds Checker, I'd wrote before the odds had come out, and I was really got sweet on Seamus Power again. Um, I, I just, as I referenced earlier, that kind of podcast I listened to just reaffirmed what I'd said last week about the fact that he was a different player now, overcome that really poor course form at Sony Open to, to play really well last week, finished tied third. Two starts here recently, tied 21st in 2017, and then he was tied 11th in 2018. Final round 70 cost him any chance of winning, but he was only four adrift of Landry and Ram, who contested the playoffs that week. Um, two top fours, three more top 15s to start this new season. Just absolutely brilliant. He's already got his spot in the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is ridiculous at this time of year. Um, he's in the top 50 now, so you know the Masters is going to happen unless he, uh, unless he throws it away at some point. And, uh, yeah, I think that he's got the game to, to... I think this is a course that doesn't... It does seem to favour people that have got course history, but I think as long as you're patient with the Pro-Am format and mm. as long as you're, you know, just generally just hitting the ball... All you've got to do is exactly the same formula, which sounds like the same formula every week, which sounds ridiculous, but you just got to hit your eyes well, make a boat like the putts. And, yeah. and, and his, certain... putting, his putting improved. That was his best putting yeah. performance. Yeah, last week, and it's and he's, he was still frustrating. Yeah, like missing missing well, birdie. Good, he, good, good birdie opportunities, but it was I a lot him, better. Before I saw him in the coverage, it was like, oh, he's hold X amount of 
feet of putts in the first three holes. And then oh, the, first, the last him. round was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. The start. And then and then I started watching him, and he just kept missing by two or three feet, and I was just like, oh, now I can go to bed, which I kind yeah. of was thankful for. Um, but the sixth at the Heritage 2019, way before he was what he is now, uh, was a bonus. 19th for the Travellers last year, good. 21st at the Shriners, good again. Just really places that I just want to see him play well. Um, so really happy to see that. Not really much more to say on Seamus Power. At the same price, Brad, you've gone for Taylor Gooch. Yep. Um, I was expecting to see him go a bit better in his last couple of starts. Uh, so I saw a few people on him for good reasons, and I was getting a bit like FOMO about it. And But he still performed well, like with tied 15th, tied 27th finishes, just not nearly good enough to contend. I'm just hoping he's saving it for this week. So it'll be his fourth start here. He's never missed a cut. Course form reads 67th, 4th, 17th and 21st. So clearly likes it here. And again, similar to Power, I just feel as though he's gone up a notch in quality since his last visit, you know, sort of levelled up. And I'm just happy to chance him at 33s, even though it does feel a little bit short, but I can understand why he is that price at the same time. It depends what you think of of both Power and Gooch, doesn't it? Because they're not new. They're not newcomers. Uh, Gooch is seen as this kind of young star. But he's 30. Seamus Power's 31. Still, so they're that, both trending. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just, just trending in a really good direction. We've just spoken at length about the likes of Kovac and people doing it later in later 30s. They've just seemed to hit it earlier in their stride. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable with, with both of those guys. I do prefer Power over Gooch at the moment just because... Mm-hmm. I don't know if Gooch was purely just thrown off because of Nar last week. I think there's probably a bit more to it than that. But, uh, yeah, I didn't expect... Didn't he, didn't he, didn't he um, have him in the last round as well? Yeah, he ended up for him in that round four just, as well. That's just bad luck, isn't it? Bad luck. Um, Matthew Wolfe, I didn't expect to see it 30-1, to 1, uh, given his form. He's been absolutely outstanding. Very volatile. Um, as we know, hasn't done anything yet at this golf course. Um, but those couple of second place finishes at the Shriners was good for me to uh, to see if he can do it. 17th, 2nd, 5th and 11th to start a new season. Um, brilliant, I thought. And he's only 30-1 because he's finished 61st and 40th here. But that 40th, I think it was last year, uh, was when he started really battling with that injury of his finger and then the personal issues came out. And the 61st is on debut and he kept plonking it in the water. So... I'll just take the chance that doesn't happen this time around. So he was tempting at 30 to 1 as well. Um, but the one name I didn't think that I was going to be going to this week, and on further investigation have decided to go for him, was Justin Rose. And it, it's probably someone that I need to stop betting on and doing everything that I do on him. But. He was third here way back when, when it was still a five-round event, but he shot 76 on the final day to lose by one. He was top 10 the year before that, or recently before that as well. Wasn't great on his recent visit, I think he was at 34th, but he's had four top 12s in his last six starts, including the ninth for the Hero, 12th for the RSM. Finished 10th at the Wyndham when he really needed to play well to keep his card, and I think Chesson Hadley made a hold-in-one to kind of kick him out of that. So I think there's a bit of upside on Justin Rose. It was this time last year, or just after I sort of put him in the Saudi at a 70-1, to 1 and he did it. My, my slight concern is that the scoring gets away from him a little bit, and he's, mm. he's drifted in from 60s to 40. So not desperate to play him, but someone I think was worth noting. Um, 
Jason, we both spoke about Luke List, so I'll let you have a word on Luke List before I give my reasons. Yeah, Luke List is this week's buy a house Ooh. when he wins um, bet, to be honest with you. And obviously we are going to be shutting our eyes if he's in contention <laughs> so, so should he, when, he gets a, when he gets a putter in his hand, right? Um, but um, I went along with the um, um, the, the uh, Bermuda and the Peak Dye thing. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I know we used uh, the Carl Phillips on the last. So I went along with this, and I'm sure I, I did. I can't remember where I backed this last year. I, I didn't get out of the notes, um, but it was also based on the same type of thing. This one uh, twice on the KF uh, Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, once at the uh, South Georgia Classic in 2012, which was designed by uh, Davis Love. Yep. Davis Love is a peak die um, all over. Yeah, won Harpertown five times, um, won the players twice. Um, you know, he's designed things with with help. Die designed um, uh, Harpertown uh, with the help of Jack Nicholas, who designs obviously one of the courses this week as well. Um, it's just all over the place. Um, list when he won that uh, South Georgia Classic, the actual form of that going forward as well. 2013, Will Wilcox, who we are, we are, we're fans of, yep. um, has also got a form at Sawgrass and has got a form at Phoenix, which correlates to this. 2014, Blaine Barber won the South Georgia Classic. He has form at Travellers and at Sawgrass, which ties in with this. Uh, and the runner-up, Alex Prue, was fifth in the Bob Hope, which this event is, um, and also has form at the Travellers. So, okay, that's the South Georgia Classic. He then comes out and waits eight years and wins at uh, TPC Sawgrass on the Corn Ferry Tour um, after that. I mean, he is all over Pete Dye. <coughs> that's what he does. He's an absolute massive hitter. So, be interested to see whether he or uh, Matthew Wolfe um, lead the driving distance this week. Not that it's the be-all and end-all. I mean, you have got placings of big hitters here. It's, it's generally, obviously, a Tita Green performance. Um 2021-2022, he's currently uh, fifth off the tee, 14th um, around the green, believe it or not, 33 in approach, first tee to green, so he leads to tee to green stats, yeah. mainly based on obviously what he's doing off the tee, but he'd be interested to see how he goes. Uh, the problem is he's 204th in putting. <laughs> I didn't actually know there were 203 other players <laughs> in the rankings, to be honest with you. Um, so that is a worry, um, obviously. Um, I went for the tee to green thing, as I always do, as everybody does. Um, 2020, he was 13th off the tee, uh, 2030 to green. So his, his game from the tee to the patent surface is actually outstanding. He loves Bermuda. He loves Pete Dye. Um, I'm, I'm going to be on list when he wins, and it may well be this week. That might mean you have to back him an awful lot more uh, in the future. But I'm fine with that. You know, at the end of the day, everything you just detailed, and more so what you spoke about, um, you know, with, with the with the other links as well. Jonathan Vegas, I think, you know, I think is he he's won this in the past in 2011, and he was a runner-up at that uh, South Georgia Classic that you're on about as well. So maybe there's something in that. That was the Dye Valley course that he won at Sawgrass, yeah. wasn't it? The other course, so it's a Pete Dye. Uh, Heritage, he shot, he was one shot outside the playoff uh, between Kadira and Siwoo Kim that week as well. Uh, sixth in this event 2016 10th at Torrey Pines another California start and like you said leads to Tees Green he's, he's led that over the last 15 weeks here 11th in approach over the last 15 weeks 5th on tour like you said off, off the tee no one above him uh, ranks any higher in measured rounds um, and he's finished 17th 7th 11th and 10th alongside two missed cuts this season so 
The concern, obviously, Jason, as you've rightly pointed out, is the putting, and it's a birdie fest, so you're going to need your putting boots on. Um, whatever. You know, it, it's going to happen look, at some point. Just had a look on the exchange, just for yeah. both your benefits and for mine, because I feel like I have to jump on now. <laughs> After these brilliant accounts of uh, why I should take him this week, uh, but yeah, he's he's nineties on the exchange, which ain't brilliant. I thought that'd be a bit better. I'm trying to get matched at 120s at the moment, so yeah. Yeah, I think I think he might drift out if, if people don't put him I up think as, he might. as they might expect. But it's it feels like it. I just it's so easy to do, and I liken him to Co Crap because they're 36 years of age and have the same skill set. Um, Let sorry, go on, stop, go on, Tom. Sorry, and. And the worry is that the breakthrough comes on a tough layout and, and it isn't the putting week that he needs to do it on. But I'll just take him at 80 to 1, Jason, until he, uh, until he shortens up too much. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, people were expecting Luke List to, to be winning, you know, seven years ago mm. on the PGA Tour. You know, he hasn't. And again, we, we keep referencing the coat rack, but it's worth remembering. <laughs> you know, he's 21st in the world. Anyway, right. Um, <laughs> Luke Sorry, tell me one more time. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, 17th at Sinison Farm, 7th at Zozo, 11th at Houston, 10th at the RSM. This is consistent now. This is, you know, List was turning up and performing and then going missing for, you know, weeks upon weeks. Um, this is far more consistent. Again, has he found something? I tried to look it up. I couldn't find anything about it. He may well just now have it. Um, he may well not, but, you know, he's not 12 to 1, is he? He's 80 or whatever. Um, and I just think... It, it, course correlations and, and um, if he can if he can get through stage when it's not a Pete Dye course um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll see what happens it's uh, you know like he's finished Sanderson Farm 65 Zozo 67 RSM at 68 he's he's not going anywhere um, no like I say I need to be on when he wins so I've got 80 chances at this price haven't I yep yep I think so and uh, hopefully he just finds his putting boots or let someone else putt for him this week um, Michael Thompson's price is coming crashing down, which is annoying. He opened up at just well, he opened up at hundreds, then went bigger, 125s, I think. Um, but for good reason, he's coming in top five and top nine finishes here. Uh, he finished second down the road at the US Open in California. Um, he ranked third in strokes going approach last week, sipped from tee to green. And we've seen in the past that I think it's at 13 of the last 14 have, have played. One of the two Hawaii events, which is the one knock against List that, that isn't against Thompson. Um, the fifth last week was his best finish since the tied fifth year last year, but he had a 15th in Mexico. He's been making all his cuts, or most of them, and he's got two more top tens at the Heritage. So, Brad, unless you've got anything to add on, Michael Thompson? No, I'll echo, echo everything you said. I almost felt a little bit obvious today, like too obvious to take yeah. him what on the back of that a little bit trappish but then I ended up concluding that Hadwin was indeed the trap so yeah Thomas was the man to go with <laughs> and, and, and the oh, other of one of course the shrewd, shrewd people were on Thompson before he showed him form. of course yeah, yeah the, 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 the right, genius yeah. amongst us was on him last week when he was uh, what was he last week 200 to 1 and uh, no, finishing at 120 I can't remember what it was last week but uh, yeah it was, it was a great bet last week and he, and he was brilliant and uh, no, hopefully he keeps up he keeps that beard for a few weeks to come. Um, the, the other, you mentioned trap bets. 
and and you've put one up and one that I'm probably quite keen to follow in on is Hayden Buckley at 125 to one. Yes, I don't think this is a trap. I don't know. He I, was the one. I he think was the it's one a trap. I was most excited about seeing on tour today out of everyone. He was the he was the guy I was most excited about seeing. My my worry with him is he's finished eighth, fourth, and twelfth already in what has he had six starts on the PGA Tour. Um, the wind's coming. That's what it means. It means the wind's coming, or he's done his he's done his thing for the year, and that's it. Um, in the end, I think the, the eighth place finish at the Shriners was was enough for me. That final round sixty three yeah. um, was certainly enough for me to, to kind of give him another look. But was there any other reasonings for Hayden Buckley? Uh, well, yeah, as you just mentioned, a seriously impressive start to his like debut season on the PGA. Ranked as one of the best ball strikers over the course of the season. Like, ranked full team, second four strokes, eight off the tee and 17 for tee to green last week at the Sony. So, yeah, he's just coming into this great shape. Um, and, you know, when you've seen Adam Long won here on his, on his rookie year, so you can't you can't get put off by the fact that it's his, it's his debut, you know, here and just uh, you got you got to go with him, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Jason, you, you talk about Luke List and his putting woes. Uh, you've gone for a man with the same woes with a lot more scar tissue. Um, the bookies can't decide what to do with him. Lucas Glover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, okay, don't laugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cheers, Brett. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm joking. Not, no, I'm joking. I was loving the intro. <laughs> no, anyway. The intro got me. <laughs> I read, uh, yeah, here's another Muppet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll play the theme tune soon. That'll be our, that'll be our opening theme tune now. Um, it's time to play the music. Anyway. Um, top five players, strokes gained total at Nicholas and La Quinta. Um, I was reading earlier, I can't remember who, who put it up. Uh, Adam Hadween, um, uh, Landry, Taylor Gooch, John Rahm and Lucas Glover. So uh, shove that where the sun don't shine, mate. Right, anyway. <laughs> Glover, Glover caught the eye last week, obviously. Um, <coughs> um, really, really good performance. You know, 67, 66, 64, 65 um, at the Sony. Um, we all know what, what Glover's problem is. He's a great tee to green player, as have been hundreds of people in the past. It's about getting it done. Um, entirely shot the world when he won the um, John Deere, uh, which incidentally Luke List was tied fourth in. Um, but again, you look at correlative form. You know, the players, he's got that third and tied sixth. He's got, uh, he had a consistent run of mid 20 finishes um, at the RBC Heritage, the Travellers, the Rocket Mortgage. At least two of them is relevant to this week. Um, tied fifth at Mycoba. Adam Long was tied third. Um, he's got more form at Texas, he's got form at the Schwab, and he's got that last week. Now, he's played both um, Hawaiian events, obviously, having won in Texas last year. Um, that's potentially relevant, as you've already said, Tom, yeah. coming into this week, because an awful lot of players, for whatever reason, even if they missed the cut, have had a run. Um, it's Lucas Glover. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go over the top, um, but I just think there's there's a chance that. Don't forget, Jason Copeland is 21st in the world. <laughs> um, I think that might I be beyond Lucas Glover at this point. <laughs> No, no, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that. Um, look, he he didn't have a minus figure on putting last week. That's that's what I can tell you. Um, look at the approach stats. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, nine and a half city green, nine and a half approaches. So he wasn't relying on his driver at all. He was relying on decent irons, which will help here this week. Again, has he found something? I've got no idea. But he's definitely a confidence player, isn't he, lover? Yeah. You know, um, you know, if he's on a run, like I said, he had those. 
three mid twenty finishes at decent tournaments. When he's on a bit of a a bit of a roll, I do think he can keep it going. I don't think he's uh, he's particularly volatile. It is purely down. Yeah, we saw him loads of times last year on the telly, and it was missing those four and five foot chances that did him. Um, but like, what what did it? I had him on the list anyway. But when I found that top five players in strokes gained total, and he was one of the top five, I thought, you know, fair enough at the price. I'm I'm quite happy. Like we say, he doesn't have to win. You can laugh at him missing a five-footer to win the tournament. He'll finish second, and he'll still make a decent profit. Absolutely. Um, talking to people that will make a decent profit if they place, Andrew Putnam uh, opened up at 161. Well, I thought he opened up at 161, and then I saw that he actually opened up at 275 to 1 for maybe two seconds. Um, very inconsistent in his career. But when I look at where he has played well, tied 7th in Phoenix, tied 11th at the Shriners, both last year, tied 13th at the Travellers, also last year, Pete Dye form. Six of his 20 best finishes on the OWGR rankings came in 2021, so I think there's a lot of improvement. He's made six of his eight cuts uh, this season, and uh, highlighted by the 11th at the Shriners. 27th last week, where he shot four rounds of 68 or better, and it really surprised me that he's actually had three second-place finishes uh, already in his career on top of his win at the Barracuda and a third at Charles Schwab as well. So like contention's you know, been part of his career already. Like, it's not like it's going to be new to him if he gets in, the, gets in the mix here. Since it's been the stadium course in 2016, according to Tour Tips, he's gone four for four in made cuts, three top 21 finishes and a best of 10th place. Uh, he was sixth after 54 holes a year that he was 10th. And uh, he was inside the top 10 in each of the opening two rounds last year as well. So Andrew Putnam has, one, contended more than I've ever given him credit for. Two, fits the bill everywhere that I want him to fit the bill. And three, is, is showing actually marked improvement over the last year. Maybe it's the long hair that he's decided to grow. Um, but Start getting a bit more active on uh, on Twitter now. Yeah, I, th- I think once he realises he's actually yeah. decent at playing golf, he's obviously decided that he can, uh, he can go on there. But... Uh, yeah, he was my, my long shot for the week. Brad, you liked Adam Svensson, the Canadian. Yeah, yeah, I really liked Adam Svensson this week, yeah. I mean, brilliant at the Sony. Finished uh, tied seventh and uh, was dialed in with his irons, ranking sixth on approach. Um, yeah, got him at 150 to 1, seven places, bet Fred. So I think that's a massive price about him. This is his second time on the PJ Tour, and I feel as though he's much better equipped with experience this time around to succeed. He's familiar with this event, and it was one of his best finishes on tour back in 2018, where he finished inside the top 20. So, yeah, he's coming back here in good spirits. And similar to Buckley, could be an ideal place to break through with a win this week. You never know. So, yeah, I'm excited to chance him. I tweeted out yesterday, both Tim Tucker, who was Bryson's old caddy, and Ted Scott have stepped in for Adam Svensson since leaving Bryson and Bubba respectively. Is that a sign that they believe there's a lot of potential there or just coincidence? He's in the mix again this week with Tucker mm-hmm. Looping. And Ted Scott tweeted saying, multiple wins in college, one Q-Sall by eight on his first first effort, several Hooters Tour wins, big money classic winner and three Corn Ferry Tour wins. History says he's got potential. So that's a, a pretty okay. fine yeah, judge like of uh, like pretty fine judge of talent is Ted Scott. Uh, Ted Scott has taken the slight upside with going with Scotty Scheffler on the bag rather than Adam Swenson, which you can't blame him for. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, if Tim Tucker's still on the bag for him this week, but it seems like that could be a good relationship. But I just think that speaks volumes, those two guys uh, taking him on, and uh, even if it's only temporarily. So 
that is a good thing there. A couple of names I think could could go at long shots, but no real confidence. James Hahn was fourth here in 2013, fifth at the Shriners. Uh, should have won Phoenix last year when he was 10th, and he was 11th before that also. Already got two top 27 finishes here. Hasn't played in 2022, which kind of keeps me uh, a little bit humble on him, as does the fact that his name is James Hahn, and he, you never know whether he's going to win or miss a cut. Um, but I like that volatility at, at an event like this. Uh, there's still 250 to 1 about him, 228 places. You might as well just take the bigger price because he could probably just win or, like I say, miss a cut. Um, Matthew Neesmith, 7th in Phoenix, mm. 8th, 14th, and 18th in the Shriners. Play well at Pebble, so he's okay with the Pro format. Both of those guys, probably just top 20 plays, but DraftKings plays, if, if that's something you're into. Which one, of my, one of my New Year resolutions is to not bet uh, Matthew Neesmith as yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, it's probably smart. I mean, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think I should be betting him this week. But just when I looked at the correlations of... of oh, the, no, it makes life, sense. Trust me. Like, 14th at the Shriners is his best performance so far this season. And it's not particularly close. And, and that's a massive pointer for me this week. Um, other than that, like I know it's a long shot event. I don't mm. want to get too caught up in this. Um, interested to see what Wesley Bryan does this week. He could probably finish dead last. Um, but he just seems to have played well since he came back from that long break of injury. Um, so I'd be interested definitely in... Uh, Quite in interested Wesley in Bramlett as well. Yeah. Uh, I think Great he could be player. someone... Yeah, yeah, really good. And obviously in California as well. And so, yeah, there's, I don't know. There's a bit of upside about him this week. He was someone I considered... If he lasted any longer last week, I'd probably be interested in JT Poston as well. Um, he was horrendous, wasn't he? He was, he was going for a really bad stretch of missed cuts. I think it was 10 in a row after finishing second at the Barbasol and 28th at the 3M. When I say lasted long enough, I mean, he actually come back on Sunday a little bit shooting a 66. So maybe there's still a bit of signs there. But again, you want people that, that fit the bill. 6th and 8th at the Heritage, 4th at the Shriners, 11th at the Phoenix Open. Uh, two 22 place finishes at the players in very good company obviously seventh here in 2019 um, there's a lot to like about JT Poston if you want long shots these are just guys I like if you like nappy factor Peter Uline welcome, welcome to baby into the world this week or last week um, so congratulations to him as well um, that's me done folks Jason anything to add on the uh, on this one no I, I'm looking at Russell Knox yeah Man who knocks. Um, there's always an opportunity with Knox, isn't there? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, heritage form, Phoenix form. It's got four cuts here, two top twenties. Last three green and red stats, four one one, which is going to help you know massively here. So um, as we say, uh, we group them together. Knox and Henley, they're the same. Um, but I quite liked him. Um, there's a hundred to one in one place, I think. Um, yeah, hundred to one with three six five. Uh, you've got to go 90 for, for Hills. I'm quite interested in, in, in Knox. For, I never, ever, ever get Russell Knox right. No, I've probably backed him 20, 20 times. I've never ever backed him. I, think you're, I thought your Putnam thing was quite interesting. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more interested in getting with Russell Knox in some way. You, you went for a spell, didn't you, where you really liked Russell Knox and I just used to take the piss out of you. And then... The one time I liked Russell Knox, you didn't like him at all, and he still didn't do anything right. Uh, and then he's come back and started doing things right when we haven't been talking about him. And then we'll get on him this week, and he'll be shit. 
So it's just Russell Knox, isn't it? I think he's a very safe, <laughs> safe player, I would say. Uh, I think he's top 20 is pretty safe. Was he 18th, yeah, 16th, 29th? Yeah, I think top 20. Yeah, um, sure. I think that's the way to do it. You, he might even be someone that could chuck in a first round leader uh, if he gets out and look into the first day or something like that. Um, I, don't, I don't actually know where he gains all his strokes here. I haven't looked that deep into uh, into Russell Knox or anyone actually uh, in terms of what courses they play better on. Um, but that will be something I'll be doing for my first round leader article, which I imagine will all be split up based on uh, on each course separately. So I think that's enough for those two tournaments. We spoke a lot about the Abu Dhabi this week. Obviously excited for the DP World to be back. Um, and the American Express is what it is. So I will summarise my picks. I had Seamus Power at 30 to 1, 33 to 1, I think is available. Luke List at 80 to 1. Michael Thompson was 100 to 1, still decent at 70s, 80s. And Andrew Putnam at 125s and bigger. I like. I do think there's some decent upside in back in the likes of Wolf and Rose. Also, Jason, your picks for me, please. Uh, you took the mic. Well, you didn't take the mic. You were surprised, and so was Matt on the other podcast that I did put up power last week. And uh, the more you look at it, the more he looks very, very acceptable play. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Shames Power. Yeah. Go Luke List. Going to go uh, Russell Knox and Lucas Glover. Well, there we go. We've got a team of uh, team of strong putters there. Um, <laughs> Brad, Brad, your selection. How much are you up this year so far, Tom? Yeah, yeah, not on. enough. Um, in your selections for the American Express. Anyway. <laughs> I've gone uh, Fee now, 22 to 1. Power, 33 to 1. Uh, Gooch, 33 to 1. Thompson, 100 to 1. Buckley, 125 to 1. And Svensson, 150 to 1. Yeah, I like that. Not not to toot our own horn, uh, guys, but I, I think we pretty much surrounded uh, the event last week. Obviously, didn't get the the winner, but we, it was ridiculous. I think we had was it four of the top seven uh, yeah, last week. Um, you know, really really good effort uh, at Pepper and the board. You know, we've had multiple winners either side of Christmas. You guys put Cameron Smith up for the first week. Um, so it's going well. I think that I think that I think the the process that we've got going together, the three of us, is working well, and uh, we've got the other exciting show of, of the DraftKings to look forward to on a Tuesday as well. So I think Lost for Words is in a good position. Um, all got our articles to come, uh, WRX and Odds Checker this week from me and Jason, um, and I will be back on the Mayo Media Network tomorrow doing a live show uh, for the Abu Dhabi Championship. So uh, lots going on this week. But gents, thank you very much as ever and uh, best of luck to you. Uh, everyone, just quickly, keep your eye on Brad's tips for some bizarre tournament you've never heard of, but he's <laughs> bound to get the 151 winner. Yeah, if, 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 if Brad tweets about anything that's not the PGA or the DP World Tour, uh, <laughs> just go and bet on that. Although he's very equally good at the other two as well. Um, just, yeah, just go and do that because he will just pick out a player that, one, I've never heard of, and two, I haven't got the time <laughs> to go and find out why he likes them. I'll just bet them instead of actually trying to figure it out myself. Pressure is well and truly on now. It is, yeah. That, that's what you get for being on this podcast. It. Heap it on um, and uh, we'll enjoy the winnings as we go through the year.